Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. that I know him tonight and that he knows me. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. So important that we're in his presence and entertaining his presence because he can do beyond what we can dare dream or imagine right here in the next few minutes. The spirit of the Lord can touch us tonight. I want to uh, ask you to join me in the book of in the book of uh, Matthew chapter number 7. I this evening I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version and uh, that may be a little bit different than what you have and and I'm doing that uh, intentionally I want to continue if I may uh, this evening with our theme just from Sunday I felt like the Lord just tremendously moved in our midst I, I know it's so easy just to say things but I truly felt like the Lord just broke something in our heart as a, as a church Sunday in the spirit and and um, I want to um, ask the Lord to just touch us this evening I want to be talking uh, tonight in in particular on the the subject of being generous in our lives and that also would include giving but I want to talk about more than just in, in our stewardship um, and i I pray that the Spirit of God would just touch our heart, that we would remain open, not just this evening, but always. It's very easy when someone reads a text, if you've already heard it, to say, already got that. I have been guilty as anyone standing in this building, and then isn't it marvelous when the Lord just kind of fans the flame or the coals of that word and just brings something to light. And so I believe that he will do that for us this evening. The book of Judges, chapter 7, and verse number 1. You may think this is an odd beginning for the subject, but just stay with me. The Bible says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. That's the way, as the songwriter said, Jesus does it. Amen. That's the way Jesus does it. You may be seated, and let's ask God to just touch our heart here this evening as we begin this journey. I said Sunday um, and at other times that I think when we speak of and on the subject of generosity or giving, whatever that may be, that it is a matter of the heart. It truly is a matter of the heart. It's all about that. And um, so we have to be very careful that we don't allow the spirit of the age or 
the spirit of the enemy to circumvent what God would want to do in our heart, in our lives. I have um, in recent years prefaced a lot of my teaching on giving um, with the understanding and the clarity that today, in today's world, in today's church world at least, we stand against the backdrop of people who abuse the scripture and um, and that's not what we're here tonight. We're not going to be selling any green ribbons or not going to be selling any little vials of water. None of the above. We're just going to be talking about the word of God. And the word of God is true. And, and the Lord said that he, would, um, that he would show us if we would prove him. Prove him. Amen. So let's talk about, let's talk about judges or let's talk about Matthew 7. I keep seeing the word judge and it makes me think I'm in the book of Judges. But I clearly know that we're in Matthew Judge not and you, <laughs> that you be not judged. Many people quote verse number one in an effort to conquer somebody's judgmental attitude. They think, well, if we just kind of quote verse number one, that'll quiet them down and kind of put them in their place. But there's a very, I think, life-altering principle that follows in verse number two. The Bible says, for with what judgment you judge you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so if we were to um, compare that to a companion scripture or a companion verse, we would, we would go to the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, the Bible says, Judge not and you shall not be judged. Follow this now. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So Luke has this well-known scripture we like this passage of scripture because it deals with our blessings. We love this because it says, give and it shall be given. You do something, you get something returned. We're, we just love those kind of deals because we enter into everything with a mindset. We've been kind of groomed at least to enter into everything with a mindset of what's in this for me, right? And uh, so, but let's, let's look how this follows this uh, look how it follows the non-judging verse. Verse 37, judge not. Amen. That's the real, real way to the principle. Judge not. Amen. Then in verse number 38, it says, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now that's serious business in my opinion because we are kind of in control of what's going on and so I got to be very, very careful what we do here. Brother Tim Trill uh, and uh, uh, Brother Rayleigh's and Sister Rayleigh's oldest son Tyson Rayleigh and and uh, Wayne Murray work in um, other and others work in a company in Alachua and they mix pharmaceuticals. I hope I'm not butchering this too bad, but uh, it's a very dangerous place to work because if you put the wrong thing in the wrong thing, <laughs> it's just going to be a just want to comfort you with these words here tonight. And uh, you've got to be very careful. You've got to trust because 
this, it matters. It matters. You can't just be tossing things around. And so this, I think tonight is just as critical because we are controlling the vial. Our hand is on the handle and we are controlling what happens in our lives. So think about it. If we think about the whole scripture in its entirety, if you think about it, it's not just about giving, but he included judgment, condemnation, forgiveness, and giving. And it will all be given back, he said, in the same measure that you give it in. So we had to be very, very careful when we're talking about being judgmental of a situation because many, many times we have, if you've lived very long at all, you know that sometimes you're judging a decision or you're judging something, a situation, just based on the angle in which you look at it. And so if you know the story, uh, that may change your opinion. I've often said that uh, for most people in the church, I would say the majority of the people in the church, they, if they were asking, if somebody were to ask them how to get to this church, they would tell them and give them all the directions and they would say, when you get to Cephas Sister Road, the church will be on the left. Well, that, it's only on the left if you're going that way. It just depends on which way you're traveling because for somebody else, the church is on the right. Amen. And so I'm not trying to insult your intelligence here, but I'm just trying to say that we have to understand that that when we are thinking about judgment and, and condemning situations and things of that nature, we may only know a portion of the story. I've been as guilty as anyone here by kind of drawing a conclusion in your mind and just say, well, I never. And then all of a sudden, more of the truth starts trickling in and you think, well, I didn't, I didn't realize there was this huge, big missing element and so we need to be very, very careful about judgment and condemnation. Oh my goodness, when it comes to forgiveness, what could we say? I want to forgive because I certainly want to be forgiven. I want to have, I want to cast as much seed as I can on the ground when it comes to mercy and grace and forgiveness and things of that nature because these things are going to be measured back to me in the same way that I doled them out. And so I want to be as generous as I possibly can. I want to give it out. It's about the heart. This is a heart issue. This is a heart issue. And so I want to turn our attention to the Old Testament. We're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy. And from here, we're going to spend the rest of the evening, not the rest of the night, but we'll spend the rest of the service. And um, I think I felt a sigh of relief at least. And I want to read several verses, but I want us to just take our time and just see what the Lord will open up to us. Now, while these are Old Testament laws that we don't literally practice today, uh, at least some of them to the letter, I believe that there is a common principle and what I'm reaching for tonight is just a common principle that we can pull out and it is as applicable for us today as it was for any generation before us. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse number one. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. Wouldn't that be incredible to bring that back? Amen. Let's take a vote tonight right now. At the end of every seven years, you're just debt-free. What a great feeling. And this is the form, and this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. He shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner, you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother. So we're talking about the children of God. Amen. 
He said, except when there be no poor, except when there be no poor among you, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it as an inheritance. He's speaking about where they are headed. Only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe with care all these commandments which I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. He shall lend to, you shall rather lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall not, you shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. He's pronouncing these blessings that are upon his, his body. If we go to verse number seven, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother. Would you just envision that with me? I won't, I won't trouble you to ask you to clench your fist, but he said you, you, shall, you, you don't need to harden your heart nor shut your hand shut your hand from your poor brother, but ye shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need whatever he needs. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you and, and it become a sin among you. Let me, let me just pause right here and explain uh, this a little bit more clearly. He said, you don't need to consider if your brother is, has a need and you're right here at the end of this seven years and, you're, and you just think, well, you know, you'd be all right. I mean, just a couple more months and he'll be debt free. Just a couple more months, we're all gonna be in the same boat. He said, so don't consider where you are in this Lord's release, in the timetable of this Lord's release, but you be very careful that you don't look at him uh, with a hardened eye. Amen, the seventh year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cry out to the Lord against you and it become a sin among you. Now think about that. It become a sin among you. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Well, this is getting pretty specific. You need to give and don't be sad about it. Don't let your heart be grieved about it when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all, in, in all to which you put your hand. Now verse number 11 clarifies what is in scripture throughout. The poor will never cease from the land. The scripture says the poor you have among you always. Amen, the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I, I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free from you and now listen, and when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty-handed. But you shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from which the Lord has blessed you with, 
you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. The Lord said, I want you to think back in your past. When you were brought out of the land of Egypt, you remember that? He said, go and borrow raiments and you borrow gold and silver because you're gonna come out of here, you're gonna come out of here with a high hand. In other words, you're not gonna come out of here looking like slaves, but you're gonna come out of here wearing the finest and you're gonna have the greatest. Now, I think that there are two things that we have to deal with and two things that we have to develop and that's where I want to get tonight. The, the, the things that we have to deal with and then some things that we have to develop in our heart. I think we all have to deal with selfishness. Amen. Now, I understand. I understand there are, um, there are exceptions to almost every rule. And so I'm not speaking to the exceptions tonight. But in us, there is, there is born in us a sense of selfishness. Verse 9 said, beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year of release is at hand. I mean, I don't really have to do this. He's, he's almost out of the woods anyway and it'll all be all right and just a few more days, a few more months or whatever the case may be. He said, because you're gonna, you're gonna hurt your poor brother, he said, and what's gonna happen if he cries out to the Lord? What's gonna happen if he tells on you? <laughs> I mean, we're speaking sort of hypothetically here because we know the Lord knows all and sees all, but he said if he cries out to the Lord to you, then against you, then it's gonna become a sin. This, this is serious business for us to get selfishness. So if we just put this in a more modern setting, uh, we would say that if our brother needs something and we can see or know that relief is just around the corner where everything is just gonna be eradicated anyway, he said, you don't need to do that. Don't consider what time it is. Just consider the need at, at hand. The scripture says, don't be wicked. Don't withhold from your brother. And so if we're not careful, we can say, well, they'll be all right. They're gonna get paid Friday. You may be seated. Amen. If we're not careful, I'm talking about legitimate needs here. You know that. And so legitimate needs. There is a sense of selfishness. I, I, I was thinking about this today, that, that sense of selfishness that's in all of us. And of course, there is exceptions to the rule. But if you were to hand a child, one child, a stick of gum and say, here, I want you to share this with your brother or your cousin or whatever, I doubt very seriously it's going to be a 50-50 proposition. Amen. Their eyesight gets all blurry. Their sense of judgment gets off. It may be 30, 70, maybe 80, 20, because it's just there. You don't have to say, now you take more for you, but we have to say, no, no, no. We gotta, we gotta fold it right in half. We gotta make sure this is just right. Amen. Now, I would ask you tonight when we think about giving, when we think about stewardship in the literal sense, and you know, if you've been around church Church has just been, I've just been around it my whole life and uh, that's, I'm thankful for that. That was not a complaint at all. And so I've heard, I think, almost every little offering story that can be told. You know, somebody feels always compelled to tell a cute story before they're taking up the offering. And um, we've just heard, heard them all. But I did read one today that after 54 years, I'd, I'd never heard this when someone was receiving the offering. They said, now remember, that what you're about to do and what you're about to give is tax deductible 
and according to scripture, it's the root of all evil and you can't take it with you anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who had enough time to put that much thought into taking up an offering, but I think I'd like to shake their hand. And, um, but at any rate, we need to realize that God didn't create giving because he's broke, that's for sure. Heaven doesn't need anything that I could possibly offer. He has it all. Amen. The Lord doesn't command this because he wants us to be uncomfortable or he wants us to be miserable. But I believe the Lord commands giving in order for us to deal with selfishness. I said it Sunday. You have to deal with it head on. There's no other way around it. You can't tiptoe into it. You can't work your way into it. You have to deal with the greed that is naturally there. I would say this for us, especially in, in America, that we are in a society that cultivates that train of thought, that you deserve this. It's yours. And, and you, you know, is it Burger King that says you deserve a break today? Is that Burger King that says that? Okay, well, it's, somebody said you deserve a break today. Yeah, you're right. Burger King is, you can have it your way. But you deserve... <laughs> okay. Moving right along. You deserve their name of businesses I've never even heard of, so I'm pretty sure I didn't get it from there. But you deserve a break today. You deserve this. You have earned this. This is your right. And you have that's cultivated. And so it is. we are groomed and conditioned to be as we are. And so we, the children of God, have got to fight against this. I'm being very, very sincere tonight. We, this is a battle that we must win. Amen, we must win. You, you've got to deal with this. You've got to deal with this. Some of you may have uh, seen the pictures and the posts on Facebook a few days ago, but uh, we were, my wife and I were in the kitchen just a few days ago, and we were just, I mean, I've been literally as, Sincerely and literal as I can possibly be, we were turning out the light of the kitchen and just about to walk away whenever our little puppy started barking. And I looked down, and or my wife looked down, and there was a snake in our kitchen that was going, making its way under the refrigerator. And... Uh, I can't even remember what we were going to do. I can't even remember what we were about to do. We were gathering everything up, turning the lights out. We were about to do something. But all of a sudden, <laughs> we had to deal with an issue. We had to deal with something. And so we, head on, you can't just say, we'll, we'll get around to that or you know, I, for, for the longest, I thought we was got to sell the house. I mean, you know, I just thought, this is, this is it because we couldn't find it. We went under the refrigerator, we couldn't find it. And, and, uh, and so what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to tell you a little bit of all about that, but necessarily is that there's some things you've got to deal with. You've got to stop whatever you're doing and you have to deal with that. And so when I couldn't uh, locate it myself, I had to call for my son to come over and he and Sarah come over. We finally got it together. Uh, got it, all of us together, finally got it. It was every bit of a 10, 12 inches long, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and we was just about to call the National Guard in, but we, were, we had to deal with it. That's my point. And so my point this evening is there are things we have to deal with. 
I've used the illustration uh, before that when you go to the doctor and the doctor just uh, for an examination uh, oftentimes just kind of pushes certain points, touches certain things. And they're not just doing that uh, willy-nilly, but they're doing that because if they touch certain things and it hurts, it's not supposed to hurt. And so this evening, if you're hurting right now, it's not supposed to hurt. And if the preaching is hurting you, that means the word of God is hurting you, then that means that we need to go see about that. I need to deal with this. I don't want to sound morbid at all, but my father, the first indication that my father had that something was wrong in his life turned out to be cancer was that there was a pain under his right arm that wasn't there the night before. You got to deal with some things because it's growing every day. And so you can't just say, well, we'll get around to that. We'll just take care of that later. I'm telling you tonight that we have to understand that God wants us to face these things in our life. And so we can't just always think about giving as a way to get. We need to simply think about giving as a way to give. I'm just giving to give, not giving to get. I'm giving to give. We have to deal with what the scripture says in, in verse number 10, he says, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Again, we're born with this selfish nature in our heart, this selfish vein that sort of runs into that. And so um, you, you may remember if you were here last year during our commitment service, uh, I just kind of made a, a random statement that if I had $100, I would take my wife out for a very nice meal. And, and uh, Adrian stood up and was sitting on the front seat and he just walked right up just without reservation to hand me the $100 bill. And the whole church just kind of gasped, you know, like, wow, that was kind of fast. And he turned around grinning. And, and uh, the whole point was that I had given him the $100 before church. It wasn't his. He gave liberally. He gave freely. He gave grinning. Because he, he, he gave it back to the rightful owner. And so when we give, we should not be grieved in our heart. When we give, because if it hadn't been for the Lord, we wouldn't have it to give. Amen. If it hadn't been for the Lord. And so it's not time to get selfish and grieved in our heart. I remember years ago, my uncle Daniel uh, said something uh, to me. I, I never forgot. I never forgot this. He, he said something about, um, and he may have even used a figure of uh, how much taxes he owed um, and he said, you know, I, I owe this much taxes. He said, but you know what? Thank God I made enough money to owe taxes. I thought, well, now, <laughs> never quite heard anybody have an outlook like that. But incredible. That, thank God there was enough blessing there that there was something that you needed to do about it. And so I say if, if uh, we render to Caesar what is Caesar's, then we certainly should render unto the Lord what is the Lord's. And so if, if, if we have this understanding that God blessed us and God has given me this, and so it's not easy to give that back, especially if you understand that you didn't own it to begin with. God just allowed that to flow through us. I believe that I'm talking to some people here this evening that, that have done something. The Lord has prompted us to do at times and then if we're honest we've struggled with that decision later that's the truth was I just kind of caught up in the moment that I just 
you know, I raised my hand and I, I stood up or I made that commitment or on and on and on. And maybe later in our heart, we kind of second-guessed ourselves. It's kind of like that buyer's remorse deal. But, but we only did that because we thought for a moment it was ours to begin with. We only thought that because we assumed that to be ours. And so we have to never forget that what I have is the Lord's. Amen. And it belonged to him first. I've shared with you about the pastor that I overheard praying. I didn't, wasn't trying to overhear him praying, but I overheard him praying. And, and he was in his prayer. He said, Lord, when I go to sleep tonight, if you need me through the night, I want you to feel free to wake me. I thought, Wow. <laughs> Wow, here's a man stretching the border and the limits of, of my mind. I just want you to know that my sleep, it's not mine. It belongs to you. I'll stay asleep until you need me. But if you need me, I want you to know, Lord, that you can call on me. Think about that. The things that we have to develop is a, is a spirit and a heart of generosity. In, in verse number 11, he said, The poor will never cease from your land. Therefore, I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide. Open your hand wide to your brother and the needy in your land. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, and then in the seventh year you shall let him go free, when you send him away, you shall not let him go away empty-handed. We're talking about someone that just yesterday was a slave. At the, at the stroke of midnight or before the stroke of midnight, they were in bondage. They were a slave to you. Amen. But there was something about the dawning of that day in that year, that particular year. He said, you're going to supply him liberally from where? From your flock from your threshing floor and from your wine press. It all should come from us, from us, from us, from us. <laughs> Several years ago, I was with some friends, my wife and I have a few uh, couples and we were out to eat and, <clears throat> and uh, all of us were very, uh, were and are very close friends and, and uh, just about the time that the waitress laid all of our checks down for our meals, one of our friends got up and, and uh, went to the restroom and oh Lord, one of his dear friends took his ticket and, and he really blessed the waitress that night. Shall we say that? He just really blessed her with a great, great tip because it, it wasn't, he was spending money because it wasn't his. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I just felt a little devilish spirit. I think I gave some of y'all an idea so I, would, I wouldn't get up and leave the table if I were you. Know, let, let a few days go by and people forget about this at least. But uh, he said, you need to give from your flocks. You need to make sure that it's your threshing floor and from your wine press form, from what the Lord has blessed you with shall you give to him. And so this is not about trying to resource something through somewhere or someone else, but supply liberally from where God has blessed you. And so it, it takes some experience and it takes some time for the most part to develop a heart of generosity. It takes absolute faith that God owns it anyway and he will make it up. And so it just needs to flow through me into somebody else and let God take care of it all. I know that there is an underlying question on the table, so I'm just going to hit it 
right head on? What if we're taken advantage of? What if somebody abuses the system? I've, I have been taken advantage of. I have been this. I have been that. Well, get in line, darling. We have all been taken advantage of. I've paid for people's uh, way gas money to get to their grandfather's, grandfather's funeral, and that was probably the 14th funeral that the grandfather had. But you know what? Somehow or another, the Lord is just going to have to work all that out. I'm not talking about being foolish, but I, I try to be sensitive in those times. But you know what? If if for somehow uh, we were ever taken advantage of, God sees our heart. He judges our heart from the motive in our heart. And so God will deal with them and he will still reward us. The Bible says in Luke 6 and 30, give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask for them back. So if I borrowed anything from you, <laughs> and I have forgotten to bring it back to you. I'm just asking for release now in the name of the, let's pray, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, let a spirit of generosity come over us. And just, just he said, just as you want men to do to you, do unto them likewise, do unto them. And so here's where we control our future by our present. What we do today is going to affect our tomorrows and it's going to return. I preached about it Sunday. It will return. It's going to come home, not because of me or because because of you, but because this is God's in, infallible word. Amen. We develop a generous heart by, by sowing seeds generously. And that includes seasons where we even suffer loss. And we have to place those situations and those people, those circumstances in the hand of God. I don't want to keep looking for a return. I just want to say, Lord, this is to you and unto you. In the process of that, I need to develop a grateful heart to be thankful for what we have today. We live in an hour uh, the, the, the phrase I'm looking for uh, is escaping me right now, but we live in an hour uh, where people feel so entitled, a very entitled mentality today, of an, a spirit of entitlement that people uh, in, in their youth think that they should have today what their parents have taken 30 or 40 years to, to get. That's just a spirit of entitlement. That's just kind of it's consuming our age. And so I don't want to do things with always thinking that I should get something in return. What's in this for me? Sometimes there's nothing in this for us. We're just blessing somebody else. We're just doing something for someone else. Deuteronomy 15 and 15, he said, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God, redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing, I command you this thing today. Remember where God has brought you from. Amen. I'm going to tell you this evening, I think the Lord's brought us a long, a mighty long way. A mighty long way. <laughs> Just in the last few days, my wife and I, for whatever reason, have been doing a lot of reminiscing about um, our early, early years of being married and, and the struggles that were there and, and the the things that were just real. It was just real. People, um, we haven't gone through anything. Perhaps others haven't gone through similar things, but sometimes people just think that whatever whatever you may have was just handed to you. But you know the other side of that story. And so I'm going to bring this to a close this evening by pointing out something that may seem simple. I believe that generosity begins, the very core of it begins by just doing what you can do. We do what we can do. 
The gospel story from Mark of the feeding of the multitude is familiar to everyone. The, the, this story tells us that the, uh, the disciples established how much food's on hand versus how many mouths there are to feed. It was inadequate, horribly inadequate to meet the need. But Jesus took the food, blessed the food, broke the food, and then he did something very significant. He gave it back to the disciples. And so when we, they, gave, they brought it to him, he blessed it, he took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it back to them. In the process of all of that, something supernatural happened. I, I believe with all my heart that I am speaking to not just a few tonight that you recognized the times that God just blew a blessing upon what little you had and it was able to just to meet whatever need there was. I don't think that the Lord always just gives us $5 back because we gave $5. The Lord blesses us in a multitude of ways, a multitude of ways. We may, our clothes may last longer, our shoes may last longer, our vehicles may last longer, and that may just be the blessings of God. It may not be the manufacturer at all. It may just be God's hand says, I'm gonna just keep my hand right here on this for a while. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. It was under his direction that they passed it out to this hungry crowd. Now listen, this was still just what they brought to him. And they were just asked, to go feed and they just did what they could do and that's all God is asking of any of us today in the hands of the Lord a songwriter said little is much when God is in it so when we consider any of the activities that might fall under the heading of faithful discipleship in the kingdom of God there are many things that God called us to be faithful and generous with I think sometimes our minds just simply run out to the to the area of stewardship, but can I tell you tonight that we need to be generous in every area of giving, like sharing our time. There are some people that just don't give you any time at all. Sharing our talents, whatever we have the ability to do, that may be how God can use you. Maybe you're not a singer, a musician, or a, a speaker, but, but whatever God can, whatever capacity God can use you to be willing to joyfully serve in that capacity. When I think about just this local church, my heart is humble. When I think about how many people serve, and I will just say this, behind the scenes. It's not behind the scenes in God's eyes, but behind the scenes. There are hidden hands that are at work. They're doing things. They're blessing people, and they're helping in areas that we just couldn't get by if they weren't there doing those things. Maybe they're not holding the microphone on Sunday or maybe they're not on the platform or maybe they're not, they're not wearing a title of some sort, but they are working with all of their heart. And you know what? They joyfully do that. They don't sorrowfully give. They joyfully serve in whatever capacity they serve. And so it must be that we give to God. What about volunteering to work in some of the ministries of the church to, to just say, you know what? I want to get over uh, just all this being about me. I want to give my time and my talent my ability, my effort, volunteering to serve maybe in a visitation ministry or the list goes on and on and on of the areas that we have that someone could say, I, I want to I serve in that capacity. 
You know, right now we have some folks in the church and it just seems like it's uh, pretty normal that this is going on, but someone is sick. And you know, there are people that are just taking care of, they're trying to fix meals and take them to their house and things of that nature. And, you know, I'm talking about it tonight, but we rarely talk about that publicly. That's just something that's going on. on that'll be going on on Thursday. That'll be happening on Friday. That'll be happening on Saturday and on Monday. And, and somebody that, that left their job and drove straight to the hospital to go and visit someone and pray for them and take care of that. It's a matter of the heart. Do you have time to do that? Well, not really. We don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to make some time to do that. Uh, they could be home with their family. They could be home eating a hot meal instead of a cold meal, but they decided, I'm just going to give, and they didn't do it begrudgingly, but can, can you go? Yes, yes, I will go. I'll be glad to go, and, and I'll take care of that. You see, faithfulness doesn't just abide in genius. It doesn't just abide with someone that has great skill, but faithfulness is doing what you can do. And you know what? Some people can't do what you do any better than you do it. Amen. That's the absolute truth. And so in the work of the church, we're engaged in doing what we can do. And in doing so, we discover God's divine presence and his blessings in the hands of Jesus. Little is enough. It is enough. It is enough. I close with this story and I'll ask you to stand. Our musicians, you can just stay. I've been a little lengthy here tonight. The story is told of, of two young boys that came, each of them separately, from two relatively large and, and financially poor families. They were visiting a summer camp for just a few days. Sadly, both of these young men from, from two different families but two similar walks of life, both of these two young men knew exactly what it was to be hungry. They were attending a summer camp and at every meal the cook always put out a plate of bread and a large can of generic peanut butter. And this was done for two reasons. If you didn't like the meal, whatever was being served, you could just fix yourself a peanut butter sandwich. Or if you were still hungry after you finished the prepared meal, you could fix yourself a peanut butter sandwich. It seemed as though each night these two young men always ate the peanut butter sandwiches even after they had had their regular meal. One of the workers at the camp said this. One of the lessons that these two boys taught the rest of us was the importance of passing the bread. Two different young men, two different families, but similar backgrounds. And they taught all the camp workers the importance of passing the bread. They would loudly insist when the plate of bread was passed that you would only take your share, which was just two slices, and you would not take your two slices and start fixing your sandwich until you had passed the bread to the next young man. Amen. Such is the way of faith. We shouldn't just get what we need and then say, look what I have. But we should get what we need and then make sure the person beside us has what they need as well. Two young men who knew the, what it meant to be hungry taught everyone there a valuable lesson in how you pass the bread. You only take what you need. You only take what is yours and you pass it on before you 
So take care of yourself. Two young men were teaching adults. <laughs> God help us to understand that it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. I don't want to just come and pray enough of a blessing down that I feel better spiritually, but I want to pray until someone beside me gets what they need. I was raised in an environment sphere very similar to many, many people here. And we've had similar services, had had one not many months ago where you just prayed until... Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Seen people seeking the Holy Ghost at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Am I right? I understand everybody couldn't stay there, but there were some that said, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. I have, I have my blessing, but I'm going to stay. Amen. It's all, it's all about the heart. And so it's, it's the heart. And so I pray God would give us a new heart. Amen. Touch us and strengthen us in the name of the Lord. Can we pray together? Lord, I love you this evening and I thank you so very much for the privilege that... This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.